we're doing Space Jam. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of I Ruined My Childhood, a special solo jam for you today, as we're talking about Space Jam. Now, for a long time, I resisted doing an I Ruined My Childhood about Space Jam. I think it may have even been recommended as the first show we did by Devin. Uh, We talked about maybe doing it again during the NBA bubble. Then when the NBA season started and now the NBA playoffs conveniently are happening, but that's not why we're doing it. And I didn't want to do it for so long just because everybody's done space jam. I mean, literally like the nostalgia critic, the, how did this get made people kill count everyone on the internet, on the Spotify podcast world has done an episode, just revisiting space jam. And I just, didn't think there was a whole lot else to say about this movie. You know, everybody has talked about, oh, Michael Jordan lives in a normal house. Isn't that weird? And look, there's Newman from Jurassic Park. And all this, like, why is Bill Murray here? This is so weird. It's terrible. I just didn't think there was much point to it. But with the new movie coming out at the end of the day, I'm nothing but a slave to the algorithm. So here it is. Space Jam. Did it ruin my childhood? All right, like I said, I'm not going to get super into just a lot, just a lot of the details that everybody else talked about in this movie, um, because it's all been said before. And there's a million other videos you probably already would have watched. Like, why are you watching this video? Like, you've already heard people talk about Space Jam. One thing I will say, though, upon rewatching this movie, and I think the only other time ever that I have sat and watched this movie. Definitely from start to finish, but I don't remember ever seeing even parts of it because it's never on TV or anything like that was in theaters when I was like 10 years old and rewatching it now. I got to say. It is not as bad as people say it is. Like every single show I t- I just mentioned and all of the others that I've ever talked about, they say like. This movie's terrible. Why do people pretend that they like this? They act like it's good and it's not. And it's not good. I w- I'm not trying to say this movie is somehow like re- like a, a hidden gem, but it's not nearly as bad. I mean, the, the story for what it is makes sense. Like as things happen, they happen mostly for a reason. And one thing leads to another. Uh, Michael Jordan's acting is passable when he's talking to other humans. Uh, when he's when he's talking to cartoons, that's that's a completely different story. In fact, that's where this thing totally falls apart is pretty much all of the animated stuff. Like when everything is entirely animated, especially the Monstars. Um, so pretty much the entire second half of the movie is bad, but. You know, there's enough good things in this movie to understand why kids would like it. And not only that, but like why kids in the 90s would like it. There's a lot of there's a lot of 
dated stuff in this movie and a lot of things that were going on around the time of this movie's release and pop culture that you just don't get now. Like it's just not around. So you don't care about it. You don't realize it was happening. Uh, but before I get all into that, before I get all into what doesn't work about this movie, let me tell you what still works. The Space Jam soundtrack is about 500 times better than it has any business being. I mean, this movie opens up with a flashback scene. It's Michael Jordan as a kid playing basketball in his backyard or something. And his dad comes out to talk to him. Uh, one of the best scenes in the movie starts out very strong, all downhill from there. And it just smacks the audience right in the face with the chorus of I Believe I Can Fly. And I know there's a lot of baggage around that song nowadays. You know, we, we don't know who wrote it. We don't know who's performing it. It's just a beautiful mystery. And if you think you know, do not write in the comments who you think did it because you're wrong. Because this is just one of those things. We will never know who is performing this song. It is a nameless, faceless artist. I believe I can fly. I believe. And we just got to be thankful that the song exists for us to enjoy because whatever else you might think about it, it's still like a really inspirational, really powerful song. And it just, boom, punches you right, right in the face when, uh, when the movie starts. And it, the soundtrack's just getting started from there. I mean, the soundtrack had Monica, Seal, D'Angelo, who I remember from like the late 90s had a music video where he looked like he was naked. Jay-Z is on it. The entire like second half of the movie basketball game is pretty much just the soundtrack of Jock Jams Volume 1. It is a who's who of 90s R&B from start to finish. I wouldn't say it's necessarily as good in like a pop just listen to over and over again sense. It's like the Powerline songs from Goofy Movie, but it's still like such a powerhouse. Like this is this was clearly a soundtrack people wanted to get on and they cared about being in, which is so bizarre when you think about this movie's legacy now. It's so just corny and campy but when this came out it very clearly was a cool thing which brings me to the beginning of this movie and the beginning of i guess my partial defense of space jam which is that the first 15 20 minutes are pretty good it's hokey it's not it's trying to be funny and it's not pulling it off there are very few jokes that land in this movie uh, tragically, but I will say like just the vibe, the general feeling of the movie around like Jordan trying to succeed as a baseball player and struggling and everybody trying to be really nice to him. It was fun to watch as somebody old enough that remembers that time in history, because it's so accurate to how everybody genuinely felt. I mean, you have somebody who is the greatest basketball player of all time. And not only that, but one of the most popular, well-known American athletes in history. And there's, they quit basketball in their prime and they're going, they're going to play baseball. And there had already been a few successful, somewhat successful crossover athletes, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. So everybody just assumed, I remember people talking about this, like when I was in fourth grade or fifth grade or whatever, when he made this move over to baseball, 
people were like, just thinking he's going to be an all-star right away. He's going to be one of the best players in baseball. And then for him to go over and to struggle, especially with what was genuinely seen as referenced lightly in the movie, the Michael Jackson, Michael, Michael Jordan's dad was murdered in real life not long before this. And it was largely seen as one of the big motivating factors at the time of him becoming a baseball player. And everybody just really wanted to see him succeed. They were very anxious that he was struggling so much. And who knows, maybe if he stuck with it, he would have gotten to, you know, the level of a major league baseball player. He never did in real life, but it was, it was that all of that felt very real. There was a great moment. Probably the best human moment of the movie is when Jordan is sitting with his not real son. He's, he's telling his son how he, he stunk at the game today. Did everyone get mad at you? No, worse. Everyone was real nice about it. Michael. Very real moment. Something I remembered from watching it when I was a kid. And, you know, like, I felt like his interactions, too, with, like, the Newman character, the Wayne Knight character, and his stuff with Bill Murray was all pretty good. And I say this, maybe small praise, but Jordan is without question the best acting basketball player in this film. Because, holy God, Charles Barkley. Just terrible. I mean, ridiculous. The main problem with this movie is all of the cartoon stuff, um, varying degrees. I mean, with the Looney Tunes, there is an uncanniness about them where, you know, they're saying things like he's like going, what's up, Doc? And there's a couple of moments where they feel like they're acting in character, but it just doesn't come together in a way that feels like I'm watching Looney Tunes and it might be, there's too much fourth wall breaking or something. I, but I think what the biggest problem was, was the, they didn't take the time and the animation's bad too, but I don't think they took the time to really set up and establish like the rules of the Looney Tune world. You, what mostly you have is either kind of like an, cartoon version of just the real world where sort of seemingly like the real world sort of applies a lot of the time or you have something that's almost just a blank slate like an empty void that's colored in the background where things can happen but nothing really matters or means anything i mean case in point with the the tune logic that ends up becoming like the plot point thing MacGuffin that makes the ending of the game happen and has Looney Tunes win with Michael Jordan. You would expect that to be used so much more. I mean, really, if you think about it, like you have a character where he's never the strong, but in Bugs Bunny, where he's never the strongest, he's never the fastest. He never beats anybody in a fight. He always just outwits everybody and wins by changing the rules of whatever space he is in. And so it doesn't really make a lot of sense that the Monstars being big and athletic would be this huge problem for Bugs Bunny. Because it's like, oh, Bugs Bunny, especially since he's playing in like the tomb land, like he should just be able to manipulate whatever's going on on that basketball court where he can win. And there's a little bit of that like the really cringy moment with the reference to Pulp Fiction. Basically, just look at Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And that movie does everything right 
and everything the way you should do it, where it establishes a world and the rules are clearly defined and the relationship between people and the tunes are clearly defined and what they will and won't do. Like, and none of that is present in this movie. It's just because they didn't take the time to do it. And from the top down, like from just the story writing all the way to the animation. And I think they famously had to go back and reanimate a lot of this because it looked so bad initially. Um, All of that said, the Looney Tunes, there's still like one or two funny moments, good character stuff. I mean, for me, the best part, and I remembered this again from when I was a kid, when the semi-obscure, obscure character of Sniffles the Mouse gets into the game they need their all their bench is all bruised and broken and they need to find somebody and sniffle the mouse because he's like oh I'm gonna be. and he tries to win over the monsters with charm and friendship and they immediately crush him with a basketball um it's pretty good is that that joke holds up i like that one but for all of the failures of the looney tunes in this movie they are still miles better than the monsters because say what you want about the looney tunes at least they have the advantage of being established characters that we know stuff about because we've seen for years and years and years bugs bunny and roadrunner and wiley coyote and elmer fudd and all of these people do different things um when it comes to the monsters it was on this movie to give us new characters with something to say, something interesting about them. And there's literally nothing. There is nothing at all, especially once they get the NBA players' powers. Like before that, when they're little, they're not really particularly funny and they're not really particularly original, but at least they're unique from each other and they each have distinctive personalities and voices. Once they become the Monstars, for the game they are just men like they're just indistinguishable other than the fact that they are colored in you know purple or red or whatever and some of them are taller than the other but they're all basically the same and they all have absolutely no varying personality which on the one hand makes sense because there's essentially no difference in personality in this movie between patrick ewing and mugsy bogues and Charles Barkley. So I'm talking myself into like, maybe this was a genius choice where they were like, we're going to model these monsters after their counterpart NBA players. And it was just, they were just nothing. There was nothing there. A couple of random observations before we get to the final judgment of this film. I remember I hated the ending of this movie. I hated that the way the basketball game ended when I saw it in theaters, it was so anticlimactic. Michael Jordan uses tune logic and he stretches out his arm and he dunks the basketball into the hoop as the buzzer expires. And if you don't know, if you are unfamiliar with basketball, what makes a dunk exciting is that it is explosive and athletic and you and creative and like you don't know what you're about to see and then you see it and you're like, oh my God, that was awesome. Pretty much the exact opposite of watching somebody slowly stretch their body across the court and then throw the ball through the hoop right before the buzzer sounds. Wasn't even really a dunk. He didn't come down on the rim, because which makes sense because then time it wouldn't have counted because time would expire as he was 
you know, he had his hand on the ball and was, it's not a bad, you got to know the rules of basketball. They knew the rules of basketball, but it was boring. And I remember thinking at the time when I was watching it, like he's, he's extending and every, all of the monsters are tackling him. And so in my mind, I'm like, everybody else on the team is open right now. He just passed the ball and just do a little layup. No problem. And I even said like Bill Murray's like, I'm open and he's ignoring him. And I thought he was going to pass the ball and it was going to be like this lesson in teamwork and how, you know, when you're a winner, when your teammates, win, you win, and it's like, I have this feel good thing. And there's a good lesson for the kids, but no, uh, he just like slowly reaches dunks the ball. And looking back on it now, I realize how utterly insane the ending of this movie would have been if Bill Murray scored the winning basket. It would have been a great ending. It would have been legendary, but I don't know if that would have pleased everyone uh, when it initially came out. And another thing that I loved about this movie or like has since become like a zeitgeisty thing is this. Uh, This right here is the old website for Space Jam. And it was one of the first, if not the first movie websites you could go to. I think it might have even been like originally like a GeoCities thing. And it still works. You can still go on it. You can click on the thing over. Ooh, this is hard. Over here, right there. And like you can click on lineup, for example, and it shows you the real NBA players who played in the game. I don't know if it's that one. It's one of these planets. You click on one of these planets. It shows you like uh, Patrick Ewing stats from 1995-96 season or something like that. It's like totally random. Uh, But the website stayed up uh, for years and years and years. And then the new movie, which is starring LeBron James, which is coming out, uh, got its website up and it took it. Spacejam.com and this was gone and people were all up in arms. But you can still, actually, you can still find this. I don't know if they took it down and then put it back up or if it was always there. But if you do spacejam.com, slash 1996 uh you can still access this website and everything all the bells and whistles and secrets within uh which is still pretty fun i gotta give it props for that so did this movie ruin my childhood no i guess not because if any anything honestly it improved my childhood because it's better than i remembered it being and i think part of that has to be because just for years and years and years, like the last 10 years, anybody who went back and rewatched this movie was like, it's awful. This movie is so much worse than I remembered it having any business being like, why did I ever think this was fun or good? And yeah, like, I think part of what people are speaking to there, they thought it was funnier than it was. It's not especially funny. Um, And just all of the animation and interaction between Jordan and the Looney Tunes and, and Monsters and all that, it's done so poorly. The special effects in it are so dated. Even for the time, they were bad. I mean, I'll reference it again. Like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out, like, something like seven years before this movie, I think. And it is miles better. Like, so to compare it to anything today, if it was bad for the when it came out to compare it to stuff today, it's, it clearly doesn't hold up. That said, it's not that long. It moves at a decent pace. And I think if you come in 
with low expectations like I did. I was expecting this to be miserable. It was much better. And I think that you'll be maybe pleasantly surprised. You may be like, you know what? I'm a jammer. I mean, welcome to the Space Jam. All right. Yeah, as for the new movie coming out, I've seen the trailer. I don't like it. I have a hard time imagining it's going to be worse than this just because the effects and all of the character, that kind of stuff, the technical side of the movie is going to be worked on so much that I think it'll at least be more entertaining in a lot of ways. And by all measure and all evidence we have right now, LeBron James is a much better actor than Michael Jordan. What's the difference between Miami and Cleveland? It's, it's the same. You're right. It's the same. Exactly. He's, he's a good actor. Actually, LeBron, you're watching this. I have a great script for you. It's called Song and Dance Man. Have your people reach out to my people. Comment below. Just, you know, hit me up. Like, comment, and subscribe. That goes for everybody. You know, like, comment, and subscribe on this video. But uh, just don't say who you think wrote I believe I can fly because you're wrong. You don't know. No one knows. No one knows. All right. It's just one. It's like who built Stonehenge? We know who built Stonehenge, but like nobody knows who, you know, where is the lost city of Atlantis? Nowhere. It's a metaphor. It's not a real thing, but possibly also like the singer of I believe I can fly. They're just, it's an abstract at this point. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's, that's all I got to say, I guess.